want to do coming over you keep on smiling what we go through welcome back what up what up what up happy hump day everybody i'm adam epstein it is a wednesday november 29th here Live and local from Richmond, Virginia, this is the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Here on a Wizards Wednesday, we'll go around the NBA with Dave Johnson at 1230. Every Wednesday, we catch up with Bill Roth, the play-by-play voice of the Virginia Tech Hokies football team at 130 on the Cowan Gates Hokies Update. But joining us right now to talk about the number one trending story in Richmond right now, and that's Mission Impossible, Return of the Mac. It's MP on the mic. What's going on, Michael Phillips? I think we're all waiting for the Mac to be back. Absolutely. I'm fired up. I know. There's there's three things I know about Michael Phillips, and that is he's not a believer. He doesn't believe in Santa Claus. He doesn't believe in conspiracies. (laughs) And he definitely did not believe AWOD would get his laptop back. (laughs) I set the original line at 10 to 1, Adam. I gave you a 10% chance of getting your computer back. Yep. So in case you missed it, I was traveling back from Orlando on the craziest travel day in the history of America. Right, Stubb? I mean, we read the articles. It's true. TSA went through more than 2,900,000 people's backpacks, including mine. And somehow... <laughs> they went through it. I left... I, they went through my entire backpack, scared the hell out of me. I don't know what was going to come out of there. And I left my laptop in Orlando, and I was depressed. I had to do the show off my smartphone. Then I filled out the form for Lost and Found, and then in the middle of our show yesterday... We're not lying. It was We were doing live radio. I checked my email stub, and what did it say? It said that they had your laptop. They had my laptop. So, Michael, here's the latest update. I sent my friend to the Orlando airport. He sent me a picture. He has retrieved the Mac, and Whoa! it has been shipped. It has been shipped. Now, now, here's one thing for the update, Michael, that is brand new. All right? The picture he sent me of my laptop, there is... Two small but medium-sized dents. <laughs> oh. All right, yeah, to be expected, I guess. Yeah, I mean, like, look at this stub. Like, there's two like dimples on my laptop. Yeah, that like like someone put something kind of heavy on it. Yeah. So I don't know, Michael. I'm a little worried. What do you think? You know, I I, I last night with the with the email, I bumped the line up to fifty fifty that you'd get your laptop back safely. Uh, I don't know the dents. The dents don't scare me so much. I, I may even be at an 80% that Adam Epstein will have a functioning laptop by the end of next week. Wow. There we go. I'd put it higher than that. Really? I think you're good. Yeah. I, I'm looking at my laptop. It's got a dent. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. I use it all the time. So the uh, shipping will hopefully land in Richmond, I'm hoping, for Thursday afternoon. And so my goal is to do the show on Friday with my laptop. The return of the back, baby. That's going to be a special show, yeah. We need to make sure to commemorate that. I mean, that that's going to be one for the ages. It, it's impressive the work you've done without the laptop. Cause I've been listening. I, I haven't been able to tell you don't have the laptop. But I, I, if it's anything like my laptop, I would be totally lost without it. Just notes and, I mean, everything you need going back there. There's a lot. A lot of play on these laptops. Yeah, no, I've been. I feel like uh, a road warrior, right? I've been doing. <laughs> I've been doing the show, oh. dealing with the elements here. I'm doing a. It's a snow game in the NFL. Uh, but Michael, yeah. you were out at the VCU press conference today. What's the latest uh, that you heard from Coach Ryan Odom? I have a monster travel-related story for you from okay. VCU. <laughs> um, 
I don't want to upstage you. I think that's a very rude thing to come on somebody's show, politely <laughs> listen to their story, and then tell them a better one. Uh, but that, that, that is, unfortunately, what I have to do here. Um, BCU basketball did not make it out of town on Sunday. Uh, you made it out of town on Sunday. They didn't make it out of town on Sunday. Um, the VCU women's basketball team went to Puerto Rico to play in a tournament. Um, and so the plane was supposed to take them home and then come back and get the men and then fly them home. But the plane broke down in Puerto Rico. Something happened. They had to fix the plane, blah, blah, blah. They're working on the plane. Um, so the new plan is the plane's going to pick up the women once it gets fixed, fly to Orlando, pick up the men. Everybody's going to fly home together on Sunday night. Uh, so, so the plane lands in Orlando. Uh, the men are heading to the airport to get on the plane. Uh, they get on the plane. You, you know, this is private. Like, this isn't like you and me rolling through TSA. Like, they drive up to the plane. Yeah. You know, it, it lets them off. They walk on the plane. They get on the plane. There, it's Sunday night. Everybody's ready to go home. Busy travel day. Um, one of the buses that took them to the plane hit the plane. Hit the plane, hit the wing, hit the engine, hit the... What do you mean, hit the plane? How does that, how bus, does that even happen, Michael? <laughs> the bus hit the plane, Adam. Uh, I asked a number of follow-up questions. Many of them, like, was the plane moving? No, the plane wasn't moving. Did the bus driver notice the giant plane there? I think I would have noticed the giant plane there. Um, I, I can't say conclusively why the bus driver hit the plane. Uh, that... That part doesn't make any sense to me. What I know is the bus hit the plane, Adam, uh, at which point they could no longer fly to Richmond. Michael, was, to, was Mike Rhodes driving the bus? Was Mike Rhodes driving the bus? I mean, it, it, was, uh, it was like B-Rob running into Jahan Dotson in the backfield on 4th and 1. Like, he's a big guy. I to imagine you miss him. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Wow. So, so uh, they are home safely now. <laughs> Everybody is home safely now, um, and, uh, you know, they, they played three games in four days, pretty intense games. Uh, a light roster, too. Didn't have Bearstow. Nelson wasn't in, uh, obviously, for that Penn State game. So they, they were pretty gassed to begin with. Uh, Odom gave them the day off for their, their bonus day in Orlando and uh, worked them light at practice uh, yesterday, as you would expect. So uh, everybody back, everybody safe. Uh, Jason Nelson's going to uh, attempt to practice today, see how it goes. Uh, so that'll be a game-time decision or at least a decision uh, that the training staff will work with him on, see if he can get uh, in, in, in his face to play. Uh, still kind of more week-to-week on Bearstow, it sounded like, in terms of hit, getting him back and uh, getting him in the lineup ready to go. But uh, a quality opponent coming up, Norfolk State. Uh, they, they pantsed William & Mary last night, 30-point win down there in Williamsburg. That's a team that contends for the MEAC every year. So uh, you know, no rest for the weary. They, they bounce right back into another big game. Do you have any informa- any more information about Jason Nelson's injury specifically? Was it wrist or thumb? And it's on his shooting hand, I believe, right? It, 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 yeah, it appeared to be thumb, uh, the way that uh, the coach Ryan Odom was describing it. Sounded like a thumb injury. And uh, he said, you know, a lot of it's not just about is he healthy, but also can he play at, at a high level? Can he use that thumb, continue to shoot? So, yeah, that that's going to be as much a factor as, you know, not just can he play, but can he play effectively? Um, I will say, I was really impressed with that Penn State game. Uh, you know, you, we saw Michael Bell handling the ball a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we've seen a lot of guys handling the ball this year 
Uh, I think that will pay long-term dividends, even if it's maybe short-term frustrating. Uh, but but some long-term dividends there, I would think, in terms of getting a lot of guys' experience handling the ball. I kind of thought Shulga would, would take a lot of that. But then he's been such a good shooter, they've had to set him up for shots. Uh, but it, it's a good thing overall. And at Michael Bell, his versatility, I mean, I talked to Zach, Zach Joachim about that uh, in the 11.30 hour on my show. His versatility, really, the ability to plug him in all those different spots, very impressive. Yeah, you know what? And And here's the thing is that, just winning that final game. I mean, even if they won the first one, lost the second one, you want to win the final games that you've got something to smile about. As uh, And then they have that nightmare travel schedule uh, getting home. So at least they've got something positive uh, momentum-wise built for Friday's game. Should be a good one, Michael. You know, I, it, that Penn State game was so important in so many ways. I, you know, I, I spent most of my Monday show on that. Just important from a program perspective to show, hey, look, coaches come, coaches go. We're going to be here. We're VCU. Uh, you know that that was a statement win in a lot of ways. And man, I, I can't imagine having that uh, a day and a half of travel back from Orlando after uh, you know after losing three in a row. So I, I think for morale purposes, it was a very important win as well. Michael, before I let you go, can you let me know uh, the latest with the Commanders hiring uh, on the defensive end of the ball? I can. I'm blanking on the guy's name. They brought in a, a guy who had worked with McDermott in Buffalo, so he's obviously familiar with Ron Rivera. Uh, Ron Rivera's calling this defense, right? That's not just for show. Yeah. Uh, Ron, Rivera, Ron Rivera is going to be in charge of this defense for the next few weeks, and uh, boy, what a game to start with, scheming up against the Dolphins, against Tyreek Hill. They could show improvement and still allow 35 to these guys, obviously. Um, but uh, Ron is taking this seriously. He's not playing out the string. He's not just rolling out the balls at practice. He's going to scheme up the defense over the past five weeks. I can't, I can't sit here, Adam, and tell you that means things will be great. That means things will get better. Um, but, but it does mean like he's not phoning it in. He's bringing in his guys. He's bringing in a crew. He's going to call this defense and scheme it up. Yeah, and we might have to put a show bet on the line here because you, you're kind of confident that the defense will improve. And I, as much as I don't like Jack Del Rio, I do think he's a better defensive coordinator than Ron Rivera. So I think the defense will get worse. I'll be curious yeah, how you want to measure this. If you want to go yards, points, whatever it is, uh, I think we could structure something. I think maybe we could play, uh, you know, for, for some post-game beverages uh, down at curbside one of these nights, something like that. I love that. We can discuss that tomorrow on Crosstalk. That's Michael Phillips. Check him out, MP on the mic, Monday through Friday from 10 to 12 noon. I'm Adam Epstein. This is AWOD Radio on The Fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. We'll go around the NFL with Mark Schofield at 2 p.m. Talk a little Hokies after they are now bowl eligible after defeating UVA in the Commonwealth Cup. That's now 19 of the last 20 gone to the Hokies. I know Stubbs still fired up about that. You didn't. You're wearing your burgundy today. You kind of still. I am, I, I'm actually. I think Hokies. I. Yeah, yeah, I'm wearing a tech shirt. Oh, yeah. It's just cold outside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Bill Roth will join us for the Cowan Gates Hokies update at 1.30. But we did just let everybody know we're proud to be involved in the 36 Hours for Kids Radiothon. If you want to get involved, 804-228-5437. How about this, Stub? It is now 1 p.m., which means it's the Red Door Guys 1 p.m. Power Hour. They're going to match Every dollar that you donate, $15 becomes 30, 100 becomes 200, 1000 becomes 2000. Every dollar that you spend 
on the Children's Hospital right now donating uh, or becoming a miracle maker, they will match it. How cool is that? The Red Door guys love them. So every dollar will support the new Children's Tower, the new home for inpatient and emergency care. It's an entire city block dedicated to children. No child ever turned away, regardless of ability to pay. I, I just think it's such a cool thing for the community. And when you read some of these stories uh, about these kids, I mean, Carmela, uh, I was just reading about her. You know, she she every single moment of her life, uh, she just has such a great memory, and she talks about the memories that she has with her parents, and it's ingrained into her head, and she's got an amazing story. And, you know, accidents can change your life in the blink of an eye, but so thank goodness that we've got people uh, like the Children's Hospital of Richmond at VCU uh, to take care of these kids. So if you want to get involved, it's easy, 804 228 Five four three seven. That's eight zero four two two eight kids. Or you can text RVA kids to five one five five five. This is the Red Door Guys Power Hour. Will they were match every single dollar that you donate to the Children's Hospital? But it is one p.m. here on AWOD Radio, which means it's time for the Richmond Commander. It's time for the Richmond Commander. Are you ready for some- the phones are open. It's your chance to be the quarterback of this segment. There's something I like to say. Every day at 1 p.m. on AWOD Radio, the Richmond Commander. So this came out earlier today from Adam Schefter. After having recently fired defense coordinator Jack Del Rio and the defensive backs coach Brent Wieselmeyer, the commanders and Ron Rivera have hired former Bills secondary coach Jim Salgado. To help out their defensive staff, he will now be working with the commanders on an interim basis. Not the interim guy that I wanted, Stub. Right? I wanted a Redskins legend. They're going with Salgado. I've never heard of. He's worked with the Bills, obviously, and Ron Rivera probably in his past. But the question today on the Richmond Commander today, 833-804-0910, or tweet us at AWOD Radio at 910TheFan. Will the defense be improved under Ron Rivera? 833-804-0910. No. That's what I'm going to say. And, and My, Michael Phillips has a lot of confidence. You heard him. I did. And and my point against him is just the schedule. Yeah. Like, even if our defense looks better or is better, it's against better offenses. So we're going to be worse either way. That is a great point, right? Because this week, Miami, we already know they can score 70. The week after that, it's the LA Rams. They've been playing better offensively. Matthew Stafford uh, getting in a groove. Maybe they're in a playoff picture by the time we face off against them. The Jets the week after that. Now, maybe the defense looks good in that game. I, I'll tell you, the offense isn't going to look good. No, Jets and, are incredible. And maybe Aaron Rodgers will be back. Right? So maybe they will That's look good. That's a great good. point. 21 days from now, he yep. will be activated for that game three weeks from now. So, And then it's San Francisco and Dallas. And we already saw Dallas put up 45. So you're right. I don't think the defense will be improved. Now, my answer isn't your answer. Your answer is just because the schedule is tough. My answer is just because I don't think Ron Rivera is a good defensive coordinator. And look... Yes, he had good defenses in Carolina. He also had Luke Keekley, one of the best defensive uh, linebackers in the history of the NFL. Seriously, a lot of guys put Luke Keekley in the same category as Ray Lewis and Brian Urlacher. They also had Julius Peppers and other good pass rushers and a top corner at the time. And so I think Ron Rivera gets a lot of credit for a Carolina team that was talented, but I don't know if it was his coaching that led to them to that 115 in one year where they made it to the Super Bowl under Cam Newton and an incredible defense. So I just think this defense is not going to get any better because 
They don't have the talent, right? Jack Del Rio, you know he's smoking and joking with people going around Ashburn right now saying, oh yeah, you know, you want to know why my defense got worse? Because you traded my two best pass rushers, right? It's not like Jack Del Rio's gone, Montez Sweat and Chase Young are going to walk back in. And it's not going to be James Smith-Williams. He's hurt. K uh, KJ Henry, the guy Ron drafted in the fifth round, he's done nothing. I mean, how is this defense going to improve over the next few weeks? We still have the same corners in the secondary. We still have the same issues at linebacker. It's a it's a weird stand for MP to take. Right. I don't I don't know what's fueling this. Well, I think it's he he would call for the history, right, with Ron Rivera, and, and I don't know, you know, and he did make a good point that Ron Rivera is taking this seriously, but was he not taking his you know head coaching job seriously and, well, before this? We said historically that Ron was great in November. Yeah, and well. November has you know come what? to pass. That's a great point. I'm glad you brought that up. Because he was nine and three in the month of November. <laughs> so I don't know yeah. what we're. Is this next game in November? Nope. It's going to be December third. So if that was his best month. I'm I'm not excited for <laughs> I December. Know. My goodness. That was the New England game in November. Did he get one win in November, or was that, was that late October? Because he lost to Seattle. The Giants and the Dallas Cowboys in the month of November. Uh, that was a good point, Stubb. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. The question of the day is, will the commander's defense improve now that Jack Del Rio is not the defensive coordinator? Ron Rivera will be stepping in calling plays. Patriots was November 5th, but it's okay. the Patriots. So, yeah. so he uh, did get, we... so he went 1-3 this year in the month of November. That gives him to a 10-6 and six overall record in Washington in November. Which so, is, yeah. 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 <laughs> but he's regressing to the mean. He yeah. really is. Uh, so, yeah, I don't think the defense will be improved. It's a good point that the opponents are going to be tough, but I just think, like, uh, so Michael was also arguing that Ron will blitz more, and that's a good thing, right? I don't think this team blitzed nearly enough under Jack Del Rio. I hated his uh, saying that, oh, we have first-round draft picks on the defensive line. That'll be good enough. But I also am worried that, if Ron blitzes more, it's going to expose our secondary, which has a ton of weaknesses. And uh, we're definitely going to lose. If he was already not focused on challenge flags, he's going to be less now right. yeah. for losing that. Yeah, it's a great point. Maybe the defense is improved, but the special teams, the clock management gets worse, the challenging. And you know what? How about the fact that they're not going to start the game fast, right? His emotional speeches before the game, now he's going to be talking defense and scheming that up. I don't think anything will improve. Right. This, right. And, <laughs> this seems and do, like we, a net do loss. we even want them to improve? No. I, yeah, I said I last week, I didn't want us to beat the Cowboys. That's our arch rival. And I wanted us to lose. And I was happy that we lost because at least somebody got fired. I wanted it to be Ron. Looks like he's going to hold on for the rest of the season. I mean, I guarantee you he's not in charge uh, the Monday after the Super Bowl. But he's going to be in charge for the rest of the season, and I'm okay with the Commanders losing out. This looks like a 4-13 and season to me. I said the tanking is not in my DNA, but as long as Ron Rivera is in charge, I have no interest in watching this team win. I have no interest in it. Yeah, I've, I've moved on. You know right? I've moved on. Yeah. I'm, now, I'll, I'll be focusing in on Sam Howell, and I want, I'm desperate for Sam Howell to score more than 10 points, right? Or to score more than 19 like he did in the loss to the Giants. I need him to do what he did against Seattle. Score 26 points, right? Have the game-tying touchdown, and then we lose with a field goal at the buzzer. Then then it's a win-win, right. right? Yeah, yeah. We get the loss. We get a better draft pick, but Sam Howell is still the guy. Because that's another thing. If they lose out here, you're going to be in Drake May, Caleb Williams territory, and I don't want that to be a, a thought in their mind. I want Sam Howell to play so well that, hey, we got Sam. We draft. 
either Marvin Harrison Jr. or a top edge rusher or a top offensive lineman. Ron, in his press conference that I listened to briefly, he yeah. did say that they are planning on sticking with what they got throughout the season and continuing to train them. Yeah. So hopefully that is, he means that right. and they will continue to keep Sam Howell in. But Yeah, I mean, here's the only guy that I think could improve on the defensive end under Ron Rivera, and that is Emmanuel Forbes. Because I just don't think Jack Del Rio like believed in him. I mean, you benched the kid a couple games into his rookie year. When you put him on DJ Moore, that was your fault, Jack Del Rio. So maybe the defense will improve based on the schemes and the matchups, right? Like Jack was a big, hey, we're going to put Jamin Davis on running backs and tight ends. Hopefully Ron Rivera will say that's what Cam Curl is for so that Cam Curl can earn his bag of money that he'll get at the end of the season. If you want to chime in, it's 833-804-0910, or you can tweet us at 910thefan at AWOD Radio. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on a Wednesday, November 29th. This is the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, phone lines are open throughout the show, 833 804 0910-833-804-0910. Is this still a rivalry between Virginia Tech and UVA as UVA has lost 22 of the last 24? You can call in 833-804-0910. But joining us right now for the Cowan Gates Hokies update is Bill Roth. What's going on, Bill? Good afternoon. How are you? Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. And, I, I... uh yeah. Everything good at your end? Yeah, I enjoyed it in Orlando as I got to watch the Hokies make a run to the finals, man. That was awesome. Yeah, Sean they Padula played, was balling. Well, they, they played well for two games and then didn't play well against FAU. I think tonight will be an interesting bounce-back game for them down at Auburn in the ACC-SEC Challenge. And then conference play starts this weekend, Sunday at home against Louisville. So I'll be curious to see how this team bounces back after uh, a disappointing championship game last Sunday against FAU down there in Orlando. Yeah, but I, I do think the wins over Boise State and Iowa State are going to look really good at the end of the season. Iowa State's got a, a ton of talent. Yep, I hope so too. You know, they've got a the, – the league is a little different. You know, the ACC doesn't have their – if you look at it at least right now, and it's not going to change a whole lot because of uh, everybody plays everybody. Uh, that's why this week against these SEC teams is important. But, you know, there's not as many quad one wins to get in the ACC as there ordinarily are uh, as you go down through the league. And and so, you know, the Hokies lost to South Carolina. They lost to FAU. And that's why tonight's game with Auburn, I think, is that would be a good – that would be a really good road win, not only for the conference, obviously, but for, for Tech uh, when we look back in March. Let's get to the Hokies football team, though. I mean, what do you think was the difference that led to the 55-17 blowout over UVA? I thought they, they really bounced back. I, I think Tech was ready to play well and beat someone after the way it played against NC State. You know, they didn't get the defensive pressure that they wanted on Armstrong. They, they didn't run the ball against NC State the way they wanted to. They didn't get toot in the touches that they wanted to. And, and you give NC State credit. They had a great game plan. Uh, at Lane. I think the Hokies, they really had a great week. And I think Tech's coaching staff coached that week of the game and in the game like it was a big game. Yeah. I mean, that, that game meant a lot to Brent Pry and those players and that staff. And it meant a lot to the Tech fans, as as you could tell by by the, the attendance at, at Scott Stadium. Uh, but, but they coached like it was a big game. They went for it early, 
first quarter, fourth and four, no, fourth and one, and they throw a 44-yard pass. Yeah. Uh, they ran, I mean, they ran the ball to Tucker Holloway. He hadn't had a carry all year. And they ran a trick play on a reverse for him for a touchdown. Uh, they they coached like it was a very important game. And it was. They had to win the game to get to a bowl. And if not, you're cooked. You're done. And and I thought they really came out aggressive. And, and the, the rivalry aspect of it, you know, Tech's dominated, obviously, over the last 30 years. Sometimes that stuff's cyclical. What's, what's really in, unique about this is that if you take away its losses to Virginia Tech, UVA is an above 500 ACC team during this period. Hmm. Virginia is it's not like UVA's been bad, but they're 2 and 22 against Tech. And 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 I know that's that's a number the Tech fans are happy about, Virginia fans aren't. But yeah, I mean it's a rivalry. I mean, what Virginia had on on the wall, they have a countdown to the Virginia Tech game clock in, in the locker room, right? And we know what it means to Tech. I mean, there's no question about that. So it's just a, at at this point in the in the rivalry, or at least in the series, it's been very one sided. Yeah, but it, it was a big game for the program. I mean, this is the first time you had Tony Elliott facing off against Coach Pry. And you're right; I thought Virginia Tech had a better game plan, and they came out with more intensity, and that was the difference. You know, Coach Beamer and Coach Foster spoke to the team uh, during the course of the week mm. about why it's important and and the, the the rivalry game. But I'll go back to what I said at the top. Adam, I really think I think the Hokies were going to beat just about anybody they played Saturday because they knew they had to win. They didn't want their season to end. They they were coming off a loss, right? Remember last week I said it'll be interesting to see, kind of like what I just said about the basketball team. You know, you want to see how kids react. That NC State game left a really bad taste in their mouths. It was senior day. It was at Lane. It was sold out. um, And they didn't play well. And that really bothered them. I mean, they were really disappointed. Not, you know, there, there weren't any bad calls. It wasn't like you were mad at anyone. They were just disappointed in how they played. And I think with no class last week, they really practiced hard, right? It was Thanksgiving break. And they, they want to play another game. They, it's a team that wants to be together. And they didn't want it to end. And yeah. they had a really good week of practice. I, you know, 55-17, I don't think anybody expected that. But I, I think Tech was getting ready to whoop someone, regardless of who it was, uh, after that NC State game. Because they, they, they had a really good game plan for NC State. They thought they had a great shot to win. They were favored to win at, at, against NC State at home. And they, and they laid an egg. So I, uh, I, I really applaud their effort and the coaching of that game during the week and then, of course, on Saturday. Yeah, I wonder if the players took it personal after Anthony Calandria was tweeting that after we beat uh, Tech, we're going to put UVA on the map. Uh, it was just kind of interesting bulletin board material. But you mentioned Coach Beamer, such a big part of the the history of this program. Do you have any um, insight into what he said when he was talking to the players yeah. about why the game was so important? Yeah, actually, they've put the video online so you can see it. Oh, I love that. He talked about you're representing a fan base that that you represent the the, the Hokies that are currently your classmates, basically talking about other students. You represent your classmates, but you represent the alumni, and that this game means a lot to them. I, you know, from a rivalry standpoint, I I do think, I do think at the moment the the, the game and football in general it means more attack. 
Yeah. Uh, I, you, know, t- you know, since, I mean, Tech sold out every game but one this year. And, you know, other than these Thursday night games, since Pry was hired, the Hokies have sold out nine of 11 games. So the fan base has been there. I, I think one of the great stories, and we talked about this but when it happened, you know, the Hokies lost three in a row. They lost to Purdue. They lost at Rutgers. They lost at Marshall. And they're coming home to play a bad pit team. And the game sold out. And the, the, there, there's a great passion and, and, and attachment between this team and this fan base at the moment. There's, and and it's, it went back to last year when the Hokies only won one game. They sold out most games last year. And yeah. the, the crowd's getting there early. The students are involved. And you saw that on the Hill in Charlottesville. It was mostly tech students by the second half. And, and then they run on the field, which does not happen on in road games for the most part around our country. So you can kind of sense the, the investment that the tech fan base has in this team and, and, and what Pry is building. It, it, it's not about winning. I mean, they, they won one conference game last year. And and this year, you know, they'd lost just about, you know, they lost three out of four in September and you still couldn't get a ticket. So there's yeah. there's something going on culturally that's really unique right now and it's fun to be a part of. Yeah, and just from the outside looking in at this rivalry, it does feel like for football it cares more, the Hokies fan base cares more and for basketball, you know, UVA's fan base uh, cares more. But let's get to the bowl game. What are the options here for the Hokies? <laughs> you talk about fluid. <laughs> I mean, it is crazy, and uh, they're going to go to a bowl so that we know that, but we don't know really where. And I think the fan base is going to make a difference potentially in that regard, particularly if it's if it's Charlotte or Annapolis. I think the Hokies will probably end up in one of those two places. And, and curiously enough, David Teal in the Richmond Times-Dispatch today goes into great detail. The, the SEC championship game may determine where the Hokies go more than anything else. Mm. And the reason, and David goes into detail, if, if Alabama wins this game against Georgia, uh, it looks like Tech would go to the military bowl. And you say, well, why is that? And the answer is, if Georgia wins, then Ohio State likely goes to the Orange Bowl, and by rule, then the ACC gets a ReliaQuest Bowl bid. And that seems like, well, what is Roth talking about, right? Well, <laughs> that's the way the deal was set up. And TV's involved, and the bowl season people are involved. But if Ohio State ends up in Miami, which is likely, right, to play Louisville, then that opens up a Big Ten slot in Tampa, in the New Year's Day ReliaQuest Bowl. Since Notre Dame is not in the playoff, or in the New Year Six this year, Notre Dame by contract, Notre Dame by rule, can take an ACC bowl slot. Mm. So, so then Notre Dame would likely go to Tampa, and, and, and it's, it could be a great game. It would be against LSU. You need to have Brian Kelly against his old team <laughs> in Tampa on New Year's Day. But that only happens if Georgia wins. So we have to see what happens in that game. If Alabama wins, there's chaos. And then, of course, you know, SEC fans are, are, are freaking out. If, if Bama wins this game, the SEC could get shut out of the playoff completely. Right. Because Texas would likely be the one-loss team that gets in. What do you think about that? I mean, it's crazy. I mean, we, we could spend three segments breaking down college The playoff, right I mean, now. yeah. I mean, it's, it's like if Georgia has a loss, Alabama has a loss, and Texas has a loss, but Texas won in Tuscaloosa, how could you keep Texas out? Right. Bill, always great stuff, man. Thanks so much. Hey, before we go, men's basketball at Auburn tonight. Tomorrow night, one of the great women's games of the year, a Final Four rematch. Virginia Tech at LSU. Yep. 
tomorrow night on ESPN and the Hokie Sports app with Evan Hughes. So it's a really cool week. I mean, we got ACC, SEC uh, basketball here the next couple of days, which is really cool. And the Hokies are involved in one of the another a massive non-conference women's game. Their Hokies are not LSU is seventh tomorrow night at nine Eastern. That's Bill Roth. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on the Fan. Breaking news on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, powered by Odyssey, is brought to you by BetQL. I'm Adam Epstein. Breaking news here on 910 The Fan. A statement from VCU Athletics involving the basketball team. Quote, we are disappointed and disheartened that the NCAA denied Joe Bamasil's appeal request for immediate eligibility for competition during the 2023-2024 basketball season. The NCAA has repeatedly ignored the overwhelming evidence in denying his appeal request, all to Joe's detriment. The information that VCU Athletics provided leaves no doubt that Joe meets every requirement to have his waiver granted. The NCAA claims to care about the mental health and well-being of student-athletes who represent its member institutions, but that is completely inconsistent with its actions in this case. The NCAA should follow the rules established by the membership, which would lead to Joe being eligible. We want to make it clear that we are committed to continuing to support Joe with every resource necessary to ensure a favorable outcome while he continues to pursue his degree, support his family, and take care of his personal health and well-being during this very difficult time. Breaking news here on The Fan, the NCAA has denied Joe Bamasil's appeal request for immediate eligibility for competition in this year's basketball season. Spend your afternoons with Adam Epstein. Three complete stinkers, and that is the kind of inconsistency that is utterly embarrassing. AWOD Radio. Don't go to break. Just keep rolling. <laughs> go through the break. Hey, newsflash. Next time, don't call in from your basement. You sound like you're doing it from hell. On Sports Radio 910 The Fan and 105.1 FM. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. This is AWOD Radio. I mean, what a buzzkill that is. The NCAA, totally inconsistent with their rulings. Some guys waiver accepted, some denied. Joe had a great reason, right? He came home here to help his family. Uh, we talked about it in the offseason uh, w- with his dad going through so much uh, medically. It's just so disappointing that the NCAA has denied his request. I, I was really holding out hope that they were going to accept it after we saw several other players in other conferences get accepted. But it's just typical of the NCAA. They don't care about the student-athletes. They don't care at all. It's why they made their decision to hold JMU out of competing in a bowl game this year, and then they were able to backdoor their way in, and now they denied Joe Bamasil's request for immediate eligibility. And it's just it's it's a shame, and it's just so typical of the NCAA. You know, Pat McAfee went on a great rant while he did his show live from JMU, and he made a lot of great points. Not once has the NCAA ever done anything to help the student-athletes. They only care about the dollar bills and the TV money that comes in from broadcasting the damn students playing games. Everyone's fighting for the No Fun League title. Yeah. Everyone's fighting for yeah. it. It's, it's disappointing. I yeah. remember us covering the story like my 
first or second week here. Right. It right. was so long ago. And Yeah. And now here we are, eight games into the season, and VCU will be without Joe Bamisil as they were denied his eligibility. Uh, I am still on the lookout for Thanksgiving leftovers, right? Still on the I'm hunt. still upset that I didn't get my Thanksgiving meal at Disney. They took care of me. You know, they had a, yeah. a decent meal, but it wasn't turkey and it wasn't stuffing. So if there are any members of the AWOD army driving around town here and you got some leftover stuffing, I don't care that it's six days old. <laughs> I want to try it. I want to eat stuff. Should I, like, go to Giant and Kroger and see if – or Whole Foods and see if they've got, like, leftover stuffing there? Maybe I, they're selling for half off now. I wonder if they don't – maybe they do sell it year-round. Maybe. I don't know. I've never I just, looked I never it. see it. Yeah. You'd think, though, like, just after – remember, November, like, 1st, you can find Halloween costumes for 50% yeah. off. So maybe I can find some stuffing for 50, 50% off. I bet Costco has it year-round. Hopefully. You know, they got, like, everything. I'm going to – you know what? I'm going to check the local Whole Foods on Broad Street after the show today. All right. All right? That's, give, that's a good That's a good I'll, try. I'll check it out, and we'll see. Because I'm really desperate to get my stuffing. Yeah, no, it, it it would be sad to go a year without right? it. I mean, do you remember we had that promo from last year where I was feeling the stuffing in my butt yeah. for the next six months? I, <laughs> it's upset. And and uh, the previous Thanksgiving, I got my wisdom teeth out uh-huh. like the day before Thanksgiving. Oh. So I ate so much mashed potatoes and that was it. Just yeah. covered in butter to make it as filling <laughs> as possible just so I could like feel full. Yeah. Oh. That was all I got. No right. stuff in that week. Well, now I'm hungry, so let's do an impromptu dude food here on AWOD Radio. Dude food. We're not responsible for the content of this program or anything we say when we're really hungry. Where's my food? Dude, where's my food? The most delicious food you've ever tasted. Yes! How can he fizz off a flip-flop? <laughs> he loves food. Dude food. All right, so last night I, I teased you. Hey, I'm going to come meet you out at um, Trivia Night at uh, Buddy's, Buddy's, but right. I ended up going to River City Roll. My buddies and I, we wanted to, we said, wanted LFR, let's effing roll, right? <laughs> and uh, I, I told you during the break there, I hit three strikes in a row. First game I had 156, feeling so good. And uh, then we ordered Korean barbecue wings. Oh. They were so good. I mean, the best, the best wings I've had in a long time. And I just went to Orlando. And the best yeah, wings you were in talking Orlando, about those wings. But the, and those were good buffalo. These were the best barbecue wings I've had in a long time. The Korean barbecue flavoring was so good, but then it started messing up my bowling. Uh, <laughs> what you were too you, busy thinking about the wings. Yeah, I was just too busy. You know, Yeah, we ordered more. I was like, this isn't enough. Let's get seconds. You're getting grease all over the bowling ball. <laughs> it's sliding right off. I was right going off. to wash my hands in between wings, but... Uh, yeah, it was just throwing me off. Yeah, yeah. And and then we got the pizza. The pizza's always banging at River City. I, I've been mean. I might go out. I think I'm planning on Saturday. Nice. Going out there. Yeah. To, yeah. Uh, I to know they're going to have some, a, uh, pizza. a live band. Yeah. Ooh. What did you, uh, you eat at Buddy's last night? I got the same thing that I've gotten for the last, like, seven straight weeks. Okay. Going to Buddy's, the Pimento Philly. The Pimento the Philly. The Pimento Philly. Does it come it's... with, like, onions and peppers, too, and all that yep. stuff? Nice. Yep. It, it's, it's ridiculously good. I love and, that. And you can choose fries or tots. And, and I switch every time. <laughs> Keep Keeping it interesting. All right. What do you want to bring up on Dude Food today? I saw there was an IHOP Wonka menu. Yeah. Let me let me pull that, that up. That is the a lot weirdest thing ever. Because I guess, Willie, there's a new Wonka movie that's going to come out soon starring uh, Timothy Chalamet. And the images are like a bunch of p- stack of pancakes that are purple on yeah, top. Yeah, got like a, a purple slime up yeah, there. Purple and pancakes. It's a weird these diners love their movie tie-ins. Like yeah. Denny's had like the Hobbit tie-ins and really? stuff like that. It's 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 so weird what they do. I feel like usually it doesn't work. 
unless the movie explodes. Right? If the movie all of a sudden everyone's talking about, I just don't think people are going to really be talking about this Wonka movie. I, apparently, it's good. The early reviews are out, and it's good. But we got I, the I doubt it. The scrum diddlyumptious junior strawberry hot chocolate. Like, <laughs> that, like that's the kind of menu we're talking about yeah. here. The fantastical Wonka burger, 100% uh, USDA choice black Angus beef, lettuce, tomato, onions, four cheese blend, avocado, two strips of bacon, hash browns. IHOP sauce, ranch drizzle. What makes this Wonka? I don't know, but it kind of looks delicious. Ooh, we got the hover chalk pancake tacos. I mean, the Which the is... purple on top of the the pancakes is throwing me off here, though. Yeah, the pancake tacos are pulling me. I'm looking at this. Purple it's, it's cream a, it's a cheese folded, ice cream. It's a folded pancake like it's a taco shell with, like, strawberries and stuff in it. Ugh. That's something. I don't know. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. What else do you want to bring up on dude food today? So I got excited. Because mm-hmm. I saw the Wendy's Baconator. Yeah. The, the pretzel Baconator's back. We must lead the league in Wendy's stories. <laughs> <laughs> and the the pretzel bun at Wendy's is the best. Okay. It's the best bun. I, I had it when any, I was a kid. I, I love it. I don't remember it being life-changing, though. I'm more of a brioche guy. I like a brioche. Mm-hmm. It's good. But the Wendy's... And, but and the I'm about bun. to turn here. Because I love my Wendy's Pretzel Baconator. $10.19. Just the burger. Oh my gosh! What are they doing? You can get a cheaper burger at Bovine, right? Like, <laughs> what if you like? Let's, Why let's would calm I go down. to a meal for fifteen? Like, you add fries and a drink, and it's fifteen seventy nine. Yeah, it's over a thousand you calories. Me? Oh my goodness, that is I, unbelievable. I love you, Woody's. I'm not paying sixteen dollars for a burger, fries, yeah. and a drink. Is that for inflation? You. Is fast food now more expensive than casual dining? That's like kind of. <laughs> That's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. That's what we're dealing with the, now. The pimento Philly was nine fifty at Buddy's. Yeah. Like a sit down Philly with fries Ugh. at a bar is cheaper than just a burger at a fast food. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. What are we doing? Why? Why would I ever choose to go to a fast food again if these are the prices? Yeah. That the sell was it was cheap. Right. Right. And you don't. You don't well, <laughs> You're speechless. You're speechless. That's making me mad. Yeah. Are there any other quick dude food topics we wanted to throw out here today? I mean, uh, there's nothing local that I was looking. For. I was looking for uh, some local. Yeah. I didn't see any lo- new local restaurants or bars opening up that we could talk about. Uh, We're still waiting on the 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 Nate's Bagels to open up in Scott's edition. <laughs> Nate, if you're a fan of this show, open up already. I need my bagel fix in Scott's. There's nothing. Bagel. Yeah. Subway has unveiled a new footlong chocolate chip cookie. Oh. And it looks silly. It's a that's, foot-long that's cookie? It's a foot-long cookie. Oh, what is it, $14 now? You know, oh, everything's God. too expensive at fast food places nowadays. That is unbelievable, though. Uh, that is, you know what? That's price. good, that's good marketing by Subway because everyone's always said, oh, the foot-long's the best thing. They just said, you know what? We're going to take our dessert up a notch. Make a foot-long cookie. It kind of looks like a McRib. Ew. You know, like in a weird, like it's like flat <laughs> and that kind of like odd oval. And it's, but it's like a cookie. How, so, all right. I, how, I will pay you to go try it. I'll pay you okay. to go try it. All right. I don't know the price. It's that's my new favorite bit on dude food. I just hand out stubs, some extra cash in my pocket, and you go try food. Yeah, I'll pick up. I'll pick up a foot long cookie on the Did way. Did you home. ever get the uh, grilled cheese fries again, or was that just a one-time thing? No, you didn't thing? pay me. Yeah, that's the see. I knew it, it wasn't good enough for you to go <laughs> back unless you were unless incentivized. Unless you paid me the, the six dollars to get yeah. the steak fries. Yeah. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. If we missed any local food news, you can chime in 833-804-0910. That's 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back.